Just before we start, I just want to say like all opinions are my own. I don't represent any business I work for, any businesses that I'm working with or, or Zach or the Bigger Picture podcast. All opinions are my own. Welcome back to the Bigger Picture podcast. I haven't done this in about two months, so I might be a bit rusty, but we've got the boy Mark in here. Um, I'm a social media content writer and um, I document my journey every day on Instagram. Um, and I basically just speak about my life and how I've gotten to this point of, um, you know, doing three different things at once. So I work a full-time job. I do social media content writing on the side. I talk content create. So like all those types of things, I do them all together. So I think I was, I was going through some reels. I saw you and you had so much passion in, in your documentation and everything. So I, I do want to ask you, like, how do you get that reach out on these social media platforms? Yeah, man. I mean, look, the thing is with social media and the the clients that I work with is that people don't understand social media in terms of the power it has to project your voice to a wider audience. I mean, if you think back to when Facebook first came out and Google first came out, ads were the only way you'd get your name out, right? There was no organic, which is free, right? There was no organic advertising. You had to pay to get your name out. Now you post a reel of you doing something stupid, 2,000 people are going to see your name, right? Like, you know it, bro. You post reels. You know how easy those views come in. So yeah. I'm utilizing free opportunity. That's, that's, that's as simple as it gets. I mean, most content creators now are not utilizing the free opportunities and they're always going for the paid advertising when free opportunities are right here post three reels on instagram that's almost 6k views a day Six thousand people seeing your stuff if if you can't convert any of them to do what you want them to do whether it's follow pay for your stuff whatever it may be then your content sucks right but six thousand people that's unheard of in years ago right now it's like yeah. right here it's right in front of us and also I, I do think like, if, like someone is watching reels right now, as we speak, millions yeah. of people are watching reels as we speak. So yeah. why don't you like not be a consumer and be a, a creator? How would you say um, for someone just, just, just starting, uh, yeah. you know, they've consumed content for a while. How do they get started? Yeah, man. I mean, look, I think it all comes down to the intention of releasing content, right? We live in a society where people just want the views, right? Let's be honest. They want the views. They want the clout. They want the followers, that type of thing. So when people are doing that, they're only going to talk on what's popular and they're not going to actually have an opinion on it. They're just going to talk on it to get views, right? So firstly, find out what makes you happy. Find out why you're doing it. And when you watch content, imagine you're in the room with the person creating the content, giving your opinion. You know what I mean? And so that when you turn on the camera, you're basically just talking from your point of view as if you were in the room with them, you know? And the most important thing, if you're first starting out creating content, don't re-record. Even if you fuck up every single word, just click that post button because you know it, man. That post button is the scariest thing when you first start. And then after you learn how to click it, no matter what, even if it's good, bad, whatever, let the audience judge. You're not the judge. The 6,000 people who watch your stuff are the judges. Well, you've actually sort of explained my next question. And it's like, <laughs> how do you get over the fear of posting something? Because yeah, it is quite scary. Even posting of things of my podcast. I feel mm. like a lot of people um, with podcasts now, they clip a little video and stuff like, like what I would be doing now. And yeah. you're already in conversation. So it's sort of, um, you know, you, you feel good posting it. But when you 
set up a camera and you have to just start talking. How do you overcome that fear? Yeah, that's a great question, man. I mean, look, for me personally, and I don't find a lot of people have this ability, but you have to be internally validated with what you're saying. You have to truly believe in what you're saying and how you look and know that, you know, beauty is subjective, knowledge is subjective. Like, you know, if you know that you're the shit, it doesn't matter what the external validation is going to think, right? Like the amount of out of context clips people could take from TikTok, Instagram of what I say and say, this guy is LGBT anti or whatever it may be, right? Like anything and they're not, and those people aren't going to take the time to watch the whole clip. That's on them, not on you. You know yeah. what I mean? So I guess not worrying about what other people is. I mean, it's cliche, right? Not worrying about what other people are going to think, but that's how that's, that's the only way to approach social media and enjoy it. You have to have internal validation before you can risk being validated by the external. Because for me, it's hard for me to, it's not hard for me to like, push away the hate that's easy for me but pushing away is the love is the hardest part Mm. and if you don't push away the love then when it goes you're not validated anymore so you have to be completely like you literally have to put your hands in your ears when you post to the love and the hate and only listen to yourself you know um and that's how i guess you can get through it when you're you know when you were growing up and things were, were things quite tough for you growing up like give me a bit of backstory about that yeah man i mean look what we define as struggle nowadays is very different to what struggle actually is the the more you grow up. You know, struggle is facing health problems, you know, that type of thing. Um, I think money and all the accessories that we have in Australia make us impossible to struggle. That's what I genuinely believe. But I do it for the audience to show that I've struggled in what the definition is so that when I do make some type of success, they can see that I actually did struggle and I can relate to what they did. But yeah, man, it was it was tough growing up. My, my house burned down when I was like nine years old. Wow. Um, yeah. And so ever since then, that, like we were pretty well off at that time. Like everything was fine. We had money. It was good. My house burned down. Um, I didn't have a home to stay at for a good like two, three months. So we were living um, like at family, friends, house, stuff like that until we gathered the money. Um, you know, there was lots of um, understanding of where the fire came from and that type of thing. So we needed to like, there was investigations going around. We couldn't go grab our stuff, stuff like that. So that went on for like two to three months. And ever since then, we were in the rent cycle for a very long time. Mm-hmm. And um, during this time, like I was getting bullied at school. Um, I had no self-confidence. I had like a really bad gaming addiction like to the point where I wouldn't leave my room for anyone. Um, I was like severely, severely depressed, man, to the point where like, Honestly, like I could, I could, I could say like that I was suicidal. I genuinely didn't find any value in life. Um, I got involved with like, you know, gang culture, that type of thing, kind of find, try to find anything to validate me or make me happy. So I guess in that sense, yeah, I, I internally, I did struggle Um, financially. Like I didn't struggle in what struggle is today, but I, I did struggle growing up for sure. Yeah. It all comes back uh, to, to validating like, uh, mm. you know, self-validation. But how, how would you go about like feeling alone and like how to be comfortable feeling alone? Yeah, man. I mean, look, uh, this is going to be controversial, but honestly, like you're never alone when you have God, you know, and I, and I, and I genuinely believe that. And I think the more closer you get to God, and even if you don't believe in God, the more closer you get to your parents, the more closer you get to something staple, something objective, the more, um, I guess, centered and focused you are so that, 
having people around you doesn't matter because you have what you want right in front of you. You know, like my priorities are straight. They've always been straight. It's God, family, and then me. That's it. Like it doesn't, it doesn't change for nobody. And I've lost lots of friends over my opinions on my videos. I've lost like, I've lost a lot of things, a lot of business opportunities, everything. But, you know, God says that we're not of this world. We're in this world. You know, the, the real, the real place we are is of God's kingdom, you know, and I, and I genuinely believe that. And that's why I feel like I struggle to relate to people because when you get so caught up in the earthly pleasures, and even if you're not religious, like if you get caught up in quick fixes, you know, like likes, comments, validation, um, you lose sense in what's actually important to you. And then you're, you're only doing it for the external validation. So then that's why you feel lonely. Cause once that external validation is gone, then you lose it. And that's important to the love and the hate. Like I said before, cause if you listen to the love and it's gone, you're not going to love yourself no more. Cause you're basing off other people's opinion. There was a, a shooting in Nashville. Um, yeah. I, I'm not really sure what happened. We, we had a talk before and you obviously ha have quite an idea of it. Can you just sort of break down, uh, you know, what the media is conveying and then what's yeah. actually the truth? Yeah, man. Um, I mean, so look, so like, you know, US gun laws is like massive issue, right? Um, like we're in Australia, we're so blessed. We, we don't have to worry about going to Walmart and buying an AK-47, right? Like we're actually pretty blessed in Australia. In America, gun laws are, I, th I think, fucked that they're fucked right like they're yeah. really really bad um and so you know anyone can access a gun no matter how mentally ill you are um just go to your local what we know a safe way buy an ak-47 come home and shoot your whole family down you know like that's that's the regular right and it, and it gets to that point but um so what happened when nashville was a transgender student um was undergoing um you know like speaks with a pastor or, or a priest right and he was christian and, you know, the pastor raised concerns to the principal that, hey, this student is not okay in the head. Like, you know what I mean? Like, there's something wrong with it, her, them, whatever it is. Um, and the pastor raised and no one listened to him. No, no one listened to him. And the transgender had an agenda against Christianity and the pastor, probably because of their talks and that type of thing. So she went and she got, you know, AK-47, whatever it was, a rifle, went to the school and shot the pastor's daughter, who was nine years old, shot a bunch of other nine years old. It was a clear attack on Christianity. It, it was obvious. It's, it's clear, like in plain daylight, right? And what had happened is the media is displaying it as a normal US shooting. It wasn't. It was a, it was a Christian-hated fueled attack against our religion, you know? But because LGBT is the most protective community in the world, right? It won't apply to them. But imagine a Christian did it against an LGBT member. It would have been on the fucking news as a Christian hate crime, right? Just like they, just like they do it to Islam, right? When, when Muslims do something, it's always a Muslim hate crime. When Christians do something, it's always a Christian hate crime. But when LGBT do something, it's never a fucking hate crime because they are the most protected group in the world. And it's, it's fucking crazy to think about, man. Like where are the double standards? Talking about God, uh, yeah. Andrew Tate, well, I'm not saying that Andrew Tate's a god, but he does believe uh, that there is a god. Uh, yeah. Supposedly, he got out of jail today. Uh, so he was in court. I'm, I'm not actually sure what it was. The media was saying sure. this. It was saying that uh, human trafficking. What really was it? Yeah, um, so Andrew Tate, obviously, is a controversial figure, uh, spoke about masculine rights and how, you know, they're degraded in the current society. Um, so basically there were women who came out and said that he was sexually assaulting them. He was using them for money. Um, 
bunch of like really interesting stuff because he actually got rich from like what is a cam girl site right so where he paid women to go on ask men for money men will pay them to, to get naked and apparently andrew tate was forcing these women um but all the evidence was skewed um because you know a lot of the people that had evidence came out and said there was nothing and then you have two sides that you have one side which is did they get paid to say it then regret it or did they get paid to pull back their evidence um the Iranian officials detained him for that long because they believed he would escape so he didn't have to take the court because obviously if you're out of the country you're outside of Romanian law um and so you know he actually got released today after 90 days of adjournment and um yeah we don't know what's going to happen is he going to escape out of Romanian law I think he will he has to or else they're going to lock him up again um but I think it was a human rights violation because they detained him with no proof no charges no staple allegations, evidence was skewed. And this is coming from lawyers, not my opinion, because I don't know enough. But these are lawyers, Romanian lawyers that are coming out that are not associated with Andrew Tate, saying that this is a clear human rights violation. Um, so yeah, I'm I'm glad I'm glad he's free and his rights aren't being violated. Um, I kind of like some dumb things he said. He's very anti-Christianity though, so not yeah. really a fan of that part. I did see that there were um, some messages in a in a group chat, and the girls were like sort of teaming up on him. Yeah. Um, yeah. If you saw that as well, and it's like this is all staged. Like mm. uh, they they're either wanting something from him, or they're getting, as you said, paid to leak this um this information. Definitely. Um. Well, I mean, how do we know what's real, right? How do we know if the evidence, like which evidence do we know is real? We don't know. The only thing we do know for sure though, like as a certain fact, is that there was nothing staple. There was no one that was willing to come out and provide receipts from start to finish of their interactions with Andrew Tate. There was always something in the middle. It was always one fake text message in a span of a hundred real ones or something like that. So I guess my opinion is that, that he should have been released, but still investigated from the start. Mm. Um, And I think, Personally, I do think the women teamed up on him, but that's like in my personal opinion, what I think is most likely to happen. And that's because it happens to everyone famous. You know, every other day someone comes out and says, oh, Drake, Drake's flew me out and took my money or something like that. Like, come on, man. Like, yeah. how often is that going to happen? Someone with that level of fame is going to do that and put themselves under the radar. No way. Right. It's not possible. Um. Well, I mean, this is the last topic. Uh, yeah. So, so Andrew Tate, who doesn't mm. like him? The school system, the government. Yeah. What do you think? Because it, I think it's very different um, comparing Australia to um, America with the school system. Because I feel like in Australia, we've got it a lot better. You know, we can pay actually when we get a stable job. Um, yeah. You know, we've got lots and lots of opportunities. Mm. Uh, what do you think of the educational system right now? I think... If you want to become a lawyer or a doctor or something that requires VCE, it's good. It's enough. It's not good. It's suffice. It meets the standard of what you need. If you're looking to do literally anything else that doesn't require a certification, drop out and go chase that. Because people are making their life decisions now in the current climate at like 10. They're choosing that, like, you know, at 10 years old, I want to become a photographer. Why why limit their idea of what photography is capable of by making them learn about fucking algebra, right? Yeah. I, I just, it just doesn't make sense to me. And I don't, I'm not familiar with how the money works with uh, America and Australia and that type of thing, but I think 
110%. If your degree does not require a certification from VCE, Victorian Certificate of Education, drop out right now. Save yourself the time. Don't waste your time surrounding yourself with people you don't care about. Don't waste your time dealing with shitty teachers. School does not teach you how to live life. School teaches you how to, um, I guess, work a job, essentially. School teaches you how to complete a task given to you, right? But life, we know life isn't like that. You're not given a task and you complete it and then you move on. There's lots of tribulations in the way. There's lots of trials and tribulations. Um, and so, yeah, that's my opinion on school. I think it sucks for anyone that doesn't need it. Um, a lot of kids now, teenagers, you know, in primary school and stuff, um, they're learning not to fail. You know, like teachers yeah. are onto them saying, you can't fail this test. You know, if you fail, you won't be, uh, you won't go far in life. Yeah. How would you go about that? Yeah, man. I mean, look, one thing, I got a question on my Instagram the other day and it said, what would you want your 15 or 16 year old self to know, right? And there's two things. There's one, if for everything you can control, control and everything you can't let go and let God, right? That's That's the first thing. And the second thing is that you're so young that people rush us to find a job or find a goal because back in the days, our parents, their life expectancy was about 50 years old. Our life expectancy is like 80 years old now, right? With the current technology. And we don't know where that's going to be in 20 years, right? We're both young, bro. In 20 yeah. years, we could live to 120. We don't know that. Modern day medicine is upgrading every single day. Um, so my belief is that we think we're so late when you fail an exam. We think we're so fucked when we fail a test it literally does not matter in the next six months. You know what I mean? Your ATAR does not matter within 12 months. Bro, I went to one of a top a top 1% university worldwide. I went to like Deakin, Latrobe. These are all top 1% universities worldwide for law, right? Mm. And I got a 46 ATAR. Or some, I don't even remember my ATAR, man. Some bullshit like that. It just doesn't matter. But the school system puts it in, it, in your head that it matters because it wants you to feel like you need to do it. Why? Because if you leave, they lose money. If you stay, they gain money. So of course they're going to try and make it as important. Just like we do with our content, right? Indirectly, we make our content valuable by making problems in people's heads that we solve, right? Mm. That's, that's our content. That's what school is. They're creating problems. They're saying, without school, you can't progress. So you need to do it. I.e., give us your money or you're fucked. That's what mm. they're saying, you know? And so, no, don't listen to them. If you're if you're anywhere from even 10, 10 to like 20, you're so fucking early in the game. People figure shit out at 30, bro. You know? Like, you're 18, man. You're so early. You could drop out right now and become a footballer if you want, bro, and fuck this <laughs> podcast shit. You know, like, that's the thing. We have so much time to experiment, but we don't feel it because the world makes us feel like we're older than we are. One story that will tell, like, really good, uh, and it'll come up in the Hosri show, actually, is... um. They were, they were teaching the importance of friendship and not being lonely, right? And at this time, I didn't have any friends, right? Or anyone that I would, like, be able to grab and say, hey, this is my friend, you know? Like, just, like, generally, like, people that I speak to here and there. And I think this was, like, really young, maybe year two, year three, right? And they, they were, it was a mental health lesson. They were teaching the importance of having friends, the importance of surrounding yourself. And they said, everyone stand over to the left if you believe that you could survive without a friend. And everyone stand over to the right if you believe you could you have to have a friend. The whole classroom was to the side that said, you need a friend. And I was the one singular person who stood on the side that said, I don't need a friend. Yeah. And they took this as a mental health concern that, man, this kid's going to go like mentally insane when he's older. Like he's obviously depressed. He's got something wrong with him. So I guess for me, I just had 
expectations of how I wanted to be treated. Um, had I had the confidence I've had now, I would have networked with people a lot better and I would have used that as a networking thing. Um, but the reason I struggled to get along with people was because there's nothing, there's no growth. There's no inspiration. Everyone's looks the exact same. Everyone acts the exact same. Everyone copies each other. I wanted to be myself. You know, I didn't want to conform. Right. Even like young, like, like that, that was like a distinct example when I was the only one who stood on that side of the room and everyone looked at me weird and I didn't feel weird because I genuinely believed what I was thinking. Like, like I thought to myself, I'm like, all right, I come home. I have my parents. Why do I need more than that? You know, yeah. why, why do I need to have a friend? Why do I need to have this? I have God. I have my parents. I'm good. You know, and this was in like year two or year three, man. So people really looked at me in a weird way. So I guess um, the reason why I didn't get along with people is because I didn't listen to anyone. I didn't conform. I didn't take disrespect. Um, I mean, I got bullied, but like, you know what I mean? Like, I wouldn't let my own friends bully me. You know, like I wouldn't be friends with someone who would talk behind my back and then be friendly to me. I, I had expectations at such a young age. I didn't crave connection. I craved growth rather. So what would your advice be? Okay, just say me, an 18-year-old, and yeah. they're finding it hard to get through life, but they're wasting their money on on drinks and stuff they're going to the pub or going to the clubs every weekend uh yeah. they you know don't really have a purpose in life what would yeah. be your you know inspiration to them or what would you do um you know when i was 18 i was doing the exact same man i was going out drinking getting with girls um doing everything you could think of right except drugs never touched a drug thankfully yeah. um but i guess one thing that you realize is in life, when you're doing things without a why behind it, it makes it very hard to live a purposeful life. So instead of going to the club every night straight away when your friends call you, ask yourself, why are you going to the club? Are you going to the club to try get with girls so you could feel validated and they could validate how you feel about yourself? Are you going out to drink to forget about something deeper that you're thinking about? So I would, I would ask why, why are you doing that? Go straight back to the actual reason your brain has gotten you to book a hundred dollar Uber to the city and, and spend 200 on drinks, right? There has to be a reason, right? There has to be a reason you're taking that risk. And so um, I think asking why, and once you figure that out, target that before you target just stopping drinking for a week. For example, people try to quit things by focusing on what's on the surface level, but there's actually a lot of things deeper. You know, like when people looked at my gaming addiction, they thought, fuck, this kid obviously has like something wrong with him. Something's wrong with his head. But really, I just hated the life that I lived. So when I played games, I could escape the reality that I was in. It's the same way when you're doing drugs, when you're going out to drink, that type of thing. Um, you're escaping the reality. So you have to change something in your reality to make your life worth living. That's what I believe. Bro, shout out to Zach, guys. He's an 18-year-old posting podcasts for one year. He has been so fucking consistent looking at all of his content. Look at his bigger picture merch. Hold it up for everyone. This is um, merchandise for a podcast that has, and the hat, that has so a got thousand a subscribers. Here. So we've got a hat, we've got, we've got a shirt, I've got a coffee mug as well. So I've been I've been talking to a couple of people, a couple of website designers. Uh, we'll be getting some merchandise uh, in soon. And also we're going to be doing like some really cool things with uh, our past guests. We're going to be doing some Q&As on, on the website. We're, we're, the, the sky's the limit, honestly. Yeah. Yep. Um, but yeah, so th thank you for being on the podcast, uh, Mark. Like it's it's been amazing. This has been actually the the most uncensored 
sort of, you know, speak your mind sort of podcast. I, I do want to get into more of these and and eventually we're going to be doing um a podcast in real life. Mm. Um, we're also going to be doing some street interviews maybe in the future, uh, which mm-hmm. could be, you know, quite funny, quite fun. Yeah. We could maybe create like an Instagram page for that, do some more collaborations. Just before we close out, um, you know, you could find my Instagram um, at Mark underscore Hosri underscore if you guys want to see the journey that I've been on. And um, make sure you guys check out um, Zach, the Bigger Picture podcast. It's such an amazing podcast. I'm so grateful to have had the opportunity to come on. And um, I guess the last thing I wanted to say is always chase your dreams, be happy, chase your happiness, don't chase the material things. And um, yeah, and that's us. We'll see you guys next time.